Welcome back, everyone, to The Great Scott Podcast. On this episode, Mike talks with the daughter of legendary television and film producer, Gary Marshall. How's it going, Lori? Good, good. Thank you for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I don't think there's a person on this planet Earth that was not a fan or appreciated your dad in some way. He was one of the most loved men in all of Hollywood, and that's one thing that I just noticed first off, right off the bat, when we talk about your dad. Oh, well, thank you. That's so kind of you. You know, I think that he was not only a um, a man that people liked, but but he really did love life a lot. And I, I don't know if you saw the, the ABC documentary that just I aired, did. but yep. I, yep. I, yeah, I think it reminded people a lot of the different kinds of um, things he did, not only television and film, but he also did theater. And I, and I think that really was a, a very nostalgic documentary for our family and, and for America too. You know, when we're in such a sad time right now to look back at some happier times was, was very comforting, I thought. Absolutely. That was such a great documentary. I mean, um, you, you could just see the love that people had for him, I think, is just what I took away from that. Definitely, definitely. And, and you know, it's interesting because he, he really was, people said, was he funny? He was very funny. And, and even in person, you know, at a family dinner, he was always the one you wanted to sit next to because he would make you laugh and, and say <laughs> funny things. But, but he also loved the actors that he worked with. You know, you saw a lot of the young stars he worked with. Um, he worked with Lindsay Lohan, Julia Roberts. Um, Anne Hathaway. And and someone said to me recently, growing up, were you sort of jealous of all these women, you know, these girls and all these people? And I think my sister and brother and I really, uh, he made us all feel part of the family. You know, if he was friends with Julia, we were friends with Julia. If he was friends with Richard Gere, we, he was our friend. It was, it was all about family for Gary. And I think that's why so many of the, the stars that he worked with wanted to work with him again and again. You know, they did not one or two, you know, some Julia did four. So I think that that really boded well for um for him and one thing that gary did is he was kind of responsible for the careers of starting the careers of a of a lot of famous people pretty much um one of those people happening to be robin williams um he started the uh mork and mindy spinoff from from happy days and uh, right right and yeah. you saw that was because my brother my sister and i love happy days we love fonzie we love him Shirley. but my brother wasn't watching those shows he was over you know going to star wars movies and so my dad said you know why aren't you watching happy days he's like there are no space creatures on happy days <laughs> so that really was the the true you know dinner family dinner table conversation about why how we could get scott the brother to watch to watch happy days and and that was it was a very clear we would visit the sets a lot and when we would go and see robin on the set of, of happy days and later on work and mindy it was very clear like the energy that he had and the talent he had and it was just um, my dad used to say sometimes the warm-up and the uh it was funnier than the show itself because robin would go running in the stands and, and do his stand-up routine so it was very very funny to grow up on those shows so um, have you uh, been to the uh, real Happy Days house that uh, is shown in in the show? No, no. Where is it? Um, I think it's in Sherman Oaks uh, at the beginning when you see the house, because uh, I know that uh, it's based off of a, a real house. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I haven't. I See, when I was growing up, my dad did those shows. Uh, and I liked Brady Bunch and Partridge Family. And so I would beg him to have me go visit those sets. So I knew the Brady Bunch house and I loved the Partridge Family, but I, but I didn't know there was a Happy Days house. I know there was an Arnold. There was an Arnold that they yes, Arnold, I think yeah. that first season. Yeah, that was out in the valley somewhere. But, but yeah, it's funny to think about. So uh, not only is uh, your 
dad also, I mean, your dad, very well known in uh, in show business. You also have an aunt, uh, right, Gary's right, sister right. Penny, right. who was also in show yeah. business, yep. Yeah, she passed away um, just a, a few years after Gary. And I think that was very hard for our family, you know, to, to lose him and then to lose her just a few years later. Well, it was really hard. And they are now survived by their sister, Ronnie, who um, was a producer on the shows, too. And, and Penny, you know, Penny and Gary, they um, sort of left television around the same time and started directing movies. And um, Gary was 48 when he directed his first movie, Young Doctors in Love. And, and Penny was starting, too, and a, uh, some of the other people, Ron Howard and Jim Brooks, and they were all starting to sort of move into film. So they really had a close support network of friends. Like, this is my first movie. I'm really scared. Uh, you know, and, and I remember Francis Ford Coppola told Gary on the first movie, he said, Gary, you need to change your shoes a lot because your feet are going to get very tired. So just bring lots of shoes and then you'll be a really good director. So, so it's good. Group. So uh, your dad um, starting out in his early career was not uh, a director per se at first he was a uh, a, a joke writer I, I do believe for Joey Bishop that's right that's right he he first met Joey on the the it was Jack Parr's The Tonight Show and Gary would literally sit under the desk and write jokes for Jack Parr and hand them up and if the joke was good oh, Jack no read it. yeah and if, if the joke was bad Jack Parr would throw it back down but yeah that's where because Joey Bishop would sometimes um, guest host when Jack Parr wasn't there so Gary met him and and said, I'm a writer, you know, and, and so they flew Gary out to Hollywood because Joey Bishop was working with Dan, Danny Thomas and Sheldon Leonard. And so they would, um, J- Gary started writing for the Danny Thomas show and then Joey had his own show and he worked for that that show. And and really, I think Sheldon Leonard, um, Danny Thomas's producer, was someone that Gary looked up to as a mentor and an idol. He wanted to create shows like Sheldon and Danny. And that's what Happy Days of Run Shirley, Mork and Mindy, the odd couple those were all based on the model that Sheldon Leonard and Danny Thomas built and Gary would say that the only reason they let him do all the jobs is because he could write jokes and fix the script on a movie or a tv show he was a writer and that's what he and they said you want to direct sure do you want to produce sure but but he really knew that his value was in being able to write and um that was you know, he he was very he knew he knew himself very well. I think he knew his strengths and he knew his weaknesses. But but I think writing was one of the his strengths. Um. So now now you have me a little little intrigued here, Lori. Uh, so Gary yes. would actually sit under the desk while the show was going on and just hand jokes. To yes, it was live. It was live. Jack, um. Yes, but Gary never thought that failing was bad. He thought you learn from your mistakes. You know. So if he wrote a joke that Carr didn't like. Um, you know, he, he it didn't deter uh, Jack Parr didn't like it didn't deter him. It made him want to do better. Um, you know, on on the um, Danny uh, on the Dick Van Dyke show, he I was a very young writer, and there were all these really famous writers writing for the Dick Van Dyke show. And Gary got in the door, and he realized he really couldn't compete with all those writers. He could because everyone wanted to write for Dick because Dick was incredible. Right. He saw that none of the other writers were writing for Mary Tyler Moore. So he decided, I'm going to write scripts about Mary that feature Mary. It will make Mary happy and it will make the producers happy because they'll have some variety. So he, um, I don't know if you remember this one where um, where he, he Mary Tyler Moore stacked up some soup cans as like a, an alarm system when she was oh, yeah, with the baby. Yeah. And that's exactly what my mom did. So my dad would steal material from my mom um, and gave it to, to Mary Tyler Moore. And he, Gary really made a name for himself on that show as the guy who could write for Mary. So he, he, he really saw um, 
saw a way to set himself apart, I think, and that was one of the uh, the big things that he learned on those shows, writing. And he wrote for I Love Lucy, too. And one of the very early scripts he wrote for Lucy, she threw it at him because it was bad. And I think she wrote, like, this is bad on the top of the script. But that didn't deter him. You know, that really yeah, inspired yeah. him. It inspired him. And that's one thing I heard about Lucy. I mean, she would read over people's work, and if she didn't like it, she would let you know. I mean, she would. Yeah. She was like that feisty of a woman that would tell you whether you liked it or not, if if it was bad or not. Definitely, definitely. And I think that he he watched her. He did an episode where she was. It was basically the premise was Lucy's on roller skates in an evening gown, and that was sort of the premise. And he he learned from that script, and he he definitely gave a lot of the the um, physical comedy that he saw Lucy do. He gave it to Laverne and Shirley, to Penny and Cindy, and he taught them. And they they were wonderful. Um, they just learned so much, and they became. If you look at those shows the physical nature that, that Laverne Shirley, I mean, it was very, they had stunt people, you know, it was very complicated sometimes, but, but Gary really took what he learned on Lucy and then, you know, taught it to Cindy and Penny. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was reading over your, your bio here and um, you wrote two books with, with, with Gary, um, both of them being, uh, well, the names of them are Wake Me Up When It's Funny yeah, and My Happy. And my happy days in Hollywood was this kind of like a sort of ending project for well, Gary right. Yeah. What happened is we wrote the first one, um, you know, when he was had left television and was starting to do movies, and it was very exciting. He was working with Goldie Hawn and all these Bette Midler and all these people. So we thought, well, this is interesting. Let's write a book. And he was sort of mid directing career. You know, he did eighteen movies, but this was sort of mid, or beginning middle. And so we said, let's do a book. So we did that, and of course it was so fun and, and Gary our favorite thing was to go on the book tour because then you go into these towns and you meet people and it's just it was so fun to see Gary on a book tour because he did his stand-up act and everything so then we finished the first book and we were very happy with it and then um many years later he was diagnosed with um cancer so we were I, I as a child was like okay it's time to jump in let's do a second book um, because I felt like, you know, you can't just do a memoir halfway, you know, we, we need to right, complete right. the cycle. So, so you know, it, it was it was very fun as a, as a daughter to be working side by side with my dad. And he I'm sort of a morning person and he's like the one that's up till one in the morning rewriting the script. So we, we worked. Um, I would send him pages and he would send them back. So I think we were very happy with the second book because it really showed the, the scope of his career uh, through movies and theater. And um, and then we went on a book tour again. And by this time, I had, had had twin daughters. So they got to see their grandpa and got to see him on the book tour. So it, it was very fun. And I think, you know, Gary liked to work with his kids. And he wanted us to know what he did. So I wrote the books with him. Um, my sister Kathleen built a theater with him called the Falcon Theater, which has now been renamed the Gary Marshall Theater. Uh, and then my brother also wrote with him and uh, directed movies. My brother directed the movie Keeping Up with the Steins, which um, Gary uh, appeared in as a as a, a role. Um, so I think that he he liked um, he liked us working w- with him, and I think we liked working with him too. And my mom, he put in all the movies. She's a, a nurse. And she appeared in almost every movie with her nursing cap on. So I think he, I think he liked to be surrounded by family because he felt safe. Oh <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you said that uh, Gary wanted you to be up close and personal with um, what what he did. Uh, being a younger uh, a, a younger girl back then yeah. uh, for you, what did it feel kind of weird to be in uh, in the productions of your dad's 
Uh, yes, very, very strange. I, I really used to dream I would like a parent, my dad, who was a dentist or a lawyer or, a, a, you know, something else. I was kind of scared with the whole show business thing growing up. I was very shy. And I just, you know, I didn't know any other dads that were directing television shows. And, and famous people kind of made me anxious because it, 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 was, it was big to go to the Paramount lot, you know, and oh, yeah. you had to know everybody and, and to be there. But, but, the, but I think he saw my hesitation about going to the set. And so he tried harder to um, make me go. And so I was, my first thing I appeared in was uh, The Odd Couple. I played uh, the piano badly at Oscar Madison and Blanche's oh. wedding with, with Mickey Mouse ears on. And then I didn't do anything again until Happy Days. Um, I was a witch uh, in a Halloween episode. But my sister and brother loved it. They wanted to do it any chance they could have to be on the run. Surely, because they were a little younger than me. I'm four years older than Kathleen and five years older than Scott. And they, they liked the, the hoopla on the set. you know. And they liked going. And, and um, they traveled with the Happy Days baseball team a little bit. So, so they enjoyed it. But, oh, yeah. but I think, yeah, I think by writing the books, I really made a piece with with my dad's career and it was very fun to look back on it all you know when you're when you're little and your dad uh you know can't help you with your homework because he's shooting a, a new pilot called Laverne Shirley you know I mean that you're like why can't he be home but but I think as an as an adult I, I really appreciate how hard he worked uh and and he he worked hard but he also loved what he did um right after um he finished television happy days he took a few months off and he was very bored. He, he didn't like to golf. You know, he didn't like to, I mean, he liked to travel, but just a little bit. So I think that he really was a person that wanted to work until the day he died. And he really did. I mean, he really just worked Absolutely, yeah, until the yeah. end. So, yeah. But was that the same for Penny as well? She She worked up until the day she died? Yeah, yes. I mean, she was always so creative. You know, you look at the movies, uh, A League of Their Own, Big. Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, it's just it's it, Jumping Jack Flash, one of my my favorites. You know, she was just so creative, and it was very exciting. You know, to see them talk about the projects they were working on. You know, Gary played a part in in A League of Their Own uh, as the uh, the owner of the the baseball league, and it was just really it was fun to see them. They they enjoyed working together. There, I don't know if your their mother was a tap dancing teacher in the Bronx and she was always putting on shows and always teaching and there was always something going on so I think they sort of learned that from their mother that you should be working you should be creating you don't want to ever be boring and so that was something that they they enjoyed they worked together and then with their sister Ronnie too and from a league of their own comes one of the most famous lines in all of cinema there's no crying in baseball are you crying? I know. there's no crying in baseball <laughs> It is. It's the best. And I think Tom Hanks even made a call back to it after he was diagnosed with COVID. There's no crying in baseball. Or in COVID. <laughs> so I think I think it's, it is amazing, you know, as you look back, some of the dialogue and, and that truly I, I think about that all the time, that line, because it's just classic, classic. And that was my sister actually worked on that film, too. And she was just telling me what it was like to be with, you know, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell. And it was just seemed like a very, very uh, wonderful uh, set. In a classic movie. So, uh, so, so I was going to ask you. I mean, do you still watch a lot of your dad's work? I mean, it, well, it does sound like that you still do. Like, whenever Happy Days comes on the air, I'm sure that you probably yes. still still watch. Yeah. Well, I see. You know, I see them sometimes just come across the TV. And uh, you know, we were just uh, we just opened Pretty Woman the musical in London before the the COVID crisis, and and it was very nostalgic. You know, to, my dad wrote the script for Pretty Woman the musical. The um, book uh, was. 
uh, and with J.F. Lawton. And he, my dad couldn't, you know, he didn't get to see it open on Broadway, but he, I feel like in spirit, he was there and, and in London. And so it was very nice. So when I came home from seeing the show uh, in London, it pretty woman was playing on the television, you know, and it was just very, it was very nostalgic to see it. But, but I sometimes, um, I like to see some of the ones like, like Runaway Bride, I like, because that was really like the, the Julian Richard from Pretty Woman, a more mature couple, you know, and I like seeing uh, Julia and Mother's Day. And I, I like seeing, uh, I, I just like seeing some of those other movies like um, Overboard, you know, and those right, movies. Right. When, when they, when Overboard comes on, I just have to kind of stop, you know, and just like see it to the end. So, so those kinds, but I think he, he, he wanted to make movies that, that made people feel good. I think he let other people do the shooting and the bombs and everything and the explosives, but he really wanted, um, he was at the heart of people and he was an extremely romantic person. You know, he was married to the same woman for 52 years, um, my mom and, and he was, he was, he he liked life and he liked people to be happy. He always wanted to know who was dating who. And if you weren't dating someone, let's find you someone. So I think that that, that sort of permeates through his films too. He was a good matchmaker. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He, he was a matchmaker, right? Yes, definitely, definitely. And he liked, that's why, you know, you look at Mother's Day and New Year's Eve and um, Valentine's Day. I mean, those those movies made in sort of a series together are all about love and finding love and finding your person. And that was very oh, important yeah. to him. That was important. Very. So, uh, so we've been talking, Lori, about uh, your aunt and, and your dad. Uh, let's, let's talk about you. What are you up to these days? Well, I am, I'm a writer and I'm writing right now a memoir with my mom about her life. Um, she was a nurse, as I said, and my dad was a hypochondriac. So the fact that they were a couple, you know, for 52 years is, is quite exceptional. So so we've been looking at, at their life as a couple kind of from my mom's perspective now. So uh, so we hope to publish that this summer. And um, my mom, you know, she was always on the peripheral of the movies, but she was integral part of keeping him alive and keeping him successful. Um, I think that's one of the things she was not your typical, you know, Hollywood wife. She worked at the LA Free Clinic for many years. She worked at Cedars Hospital uh, and she she was uh, always a working nurse. And and Gary had a lot of ailments and things, but she always kept him very calm and centered. And I think that's sort of at the, the core of, of her memoir. So that's what we've been, um, you know, working on. And then I also do, I uh, have a website called Lori's Library Party.com in which I uh, make book recommendations. My dad was a big reader and I I'm a big reader, and I think I publish a new book review every Friday. I've been doing this since uh, for the last few years, since 2016, and I I just find it nice to just recommend a book and describe the way I connect with that book. Um, you know, and I, recently I, I recommended the book Woodenbrooks, which is a Thomas Mann book, and my dad always loved uh, some Thomas Mann. So I so I, some some are mainstream books, some are popular books, uh, bestsellers, and other books are just books that I remember from my past that I enjoy. Um, so yeah, I just continue to write. I'm I'm still very close with my my siblings who are in LA and my mom. And um, yeah, so I think I I also you, have. Uh, eight, uh, go ahead. Oh uh, no, but, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But I was just going to ask you: Do you still work at uh, the the theater? Um, I, I write some of the kids shows for the theater uh, that did. So it's now called Gary Marshall theater and it's in Burbank. Uh, and I do um, the kids shows with my partner, Joseph Bwery, Uh And we have a new one coming out soon called the root beer bandits. 
which we've done previous years, but this is a new uh, a new production. Uh, and then my sister and brother and mother also um, are on the board of the theater. And uh, right now, obviously, it's pausing because of the COVID, but they're right. really explore they're exploring new ways to bring theater back because I think people right now in the world in America are missing theater. They're missing live entertainment. So whether it's, you know, a production in the parking lot or some, some outdoor venue, I think that very soon we'll start to see more theater in a new creative way, which my family would love to be a part of. And I know that uh, some of the Happy Days cast still uh, shows up there uh, doing productions at uh, the Big Area Marshall. Yes, yes. And we had a we had a big fundraiser in November, which was Gary's um, birthday, November 13th, which you might remember is also the day after um, Felix Unger's wife asked him to leave and never return from The Odd Couple because that was Gary's birthday. He wanted everyone to know his birthday. But um, so we had this big fundraiser and the cast of Happy Days all came. And you just, to see them all together again, Ron Howard, um, Marion Ross, um, you know, Anson Williams. And it's just amazing because they're really friends and they're nice people. And they, they really, I think, look back as that experience as being quite unique that they were all so young but caught along so well. And I think that many of them do talk about Gary as really um, shepherding them through that difficult time. I mean, a difficult time because they were working so hard, but they all became quite famous quite quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so that was. I recently, uh, and, and I think you saw, I mean, uh, just uh, real quick going on um, what you were talking about there. Um, I had Marion Ross on, and she's the sweetest, nicest lady. You're oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I, just, I don't know if you read her book. She wrote a, a book uh, a year or two ago, and it's just wonderful about her life and, and how she came yeah. to acting. Yeah. She's raising, raising uh, two little children by herself, you know. And her son, her son is quite talented as well. I mean, very yes. talented, yeah. Yes. So, uh, Lori, I have one, one more question for you, ma'am. Sure, uh, sure. And thank you so much for coming on. I oh, mean, thank so I could, you for inviting me. I, I, I could talk to you all day about <clears throat> your, your family, and uh, hopefully maybe we'll we'll do a part two uh, if you're up for it. Um, oh, any time. So um, what, uh, did Gary have any, uh, or Penny, have any advice for aspiring performers? Well, I think that um, right outside Gary's office, there's a little needlepoint frame that he actually bought, I think, at a, like a tag sale. And it said, being nice matters. And I think, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm nice and nice. But really, being nice does matter. When Gary walked into an office, the first person he made friends with was the receptionist. He'd ask her where the bathroom was, and then he'd be her best friend because he knew you cannot be just friends with the big producer. You've got to be friends with everyone because they'll remember you and they'll be kind to you later. So I think that was very important to Penny and to Gary was to really treat people with dignity and respect no matter who they are. You know, if they're the catering guy bringing the donuts, you treat that person just like the producer. So I think that that really carried with him um, the whole way through. And also, um, you know, working hard. People, you know, there's certain degrees of working hard. Gary and Penny would be the last one at the writer's table. They would be the last one in the room because they knew it mattered. And if it had their name on it, then it had to be good. There was a certain quality that they both had. Um, I think Gary's biggest uh, trait was there's, you don't just write it once, you rewrite it. You rewrite it until you get it better. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't a perfectionist, but he definitely was someone who was re, would rewrite it to the end. And I think to their credit, that's why both of them were as successful as they were because they put in the hours, they put in the time, and they put in, you know, the respect that uh, respecting others that, the way that others should be uh, admired and respected. One, one thing real quick that I've heard uh, yeah. Tom Hanks do is that Tom will get to know everybody. I mean, from the PA to the 
parking lot attendant. I mean, yes. um, <clears throat> Tom will just know, get to know everybody. Yes, and I, that's why he's, everyone likes him. Yeah. He works, <laughs> he works so well. I think that that's Tom and Gary together on the set. I mean, it was just wonderful because you really, like Gary, I think Tom has the sense of family is important. Family matters, and family will get you through. Yeah. You know, because there are good days and bad days on those sets. But certainly if you have your family, then that that is that is going to help you in the long run survive and stay sane. It's and and it's a very, very difficult business, too. Yes, definitely. Yes, yes. Well, Lori, thank you so much again for okay. coming on. I hope that you uh, come back. Hopefully I didn't scare you off with any of these oh, questions. Oh, no, wonderful. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, well, thank it. you so much for your time. And, uh, hey, let's okay. do a part two um, uh, down the road. I'd, I'd love to continue talking to you about this. Okay, great. Anytime. Take care. All right, you too, ma'am. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you heard today, like our Great Scott Podcast Facebook page. That's where you can find information on Mike's upcoming entertainment podcasts.